everybody, this is Tony from the Filthy Netdiggers podcast, and I'm here with my amazing co-host Nate. We find decks online, click copy and paste, and find out just how good they are. Or in some cases, how bad they are. <laughs> yes, that is often the case. So this week's question, in like the get to know your filthy net deckers, I'd kind of like to know when you felt almost like uncomfortable playing Magic. For some, just like going to an LGS can be uncomfortable. For others, it's not knowing the rules, getting called out um, on doing something unintentional. You're like a, a fear of it or something. All right. We hope you always feel comfortable. But just know that even we have felt that way before. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. I have I think I have the perfect one for this. Okay. Yeah, I want to hear it. Let's, let's do it. All right. I don't know what you're going to say yet either, so I, I like this. So I've been doing, you know, playing in tournaments for a few years now. And I remember the one of the first tournaments I did, I can't, I think I was on, I had to have been on something where I could remove a graveyard. Okay. Because my, the interaction I had was with my opponent and he played Snapcaster Mage and he targeted something in his graveyard. And in response to that, I went to remove his graveyard and he went to cast the spell. I'm like, you can't cast the spell. You just targeted it with, um... Right. With Snapcaster Mage. He goes, oh, I know, but Snapcaster Mage, when it targets, means I'm, a, I'm allowed to cast it right away. Yeah, once it officially becomes targeted. What, once the target, resolves. once the ability yeah. resolves. Yeah, yes, of course. That was the, he did not say once the ability resolves. He said, once I can target it, I'm allowed to cast it. And yeah. I said, before I even have a chance to remove it from the graveyard, he goes, yep. And I went, oh, Okay. And I kind of just went, huh, all right. And I just continued and I lost that round because of that. It wasn't until afterward that I realized, no, I think I should have called a judge for that. Yeah, yeah, you definitely should I think should've. I should have called a judge. Even if now, as I tell you this story, I'm telling it wrong. And maybe I had said, okay, and let the action go. I, I still should have called a judge. Yeah, yeah, you definitely should. And, and I felt really uncomfortable, not just with, like, trusting my opponent, but with the whole interaction. So I, the whole point of my story, I guess, is always call a judge. That's what they're there for. Yeah, they just want the games to go smoothly and correctly. Absolutely. The, the whole point of a judge, the whole job of a judge is to be there and make sure your games work out well. Yep, because even if like your opponent was correct and that was the way it worked, sometimes you just finding out for yourself that that's the way, it, it feels means, better. And it means years later, I'm not sitting here talking about that's my uncomfortable magic story. Yep, yep. I think a lot of people are afraid to call a judge at first. And mm -hmm. then once once you do it or you have it done to you a couple times, you realize that it's a lot easier than you think. And... They're happy to help. Yes, yes, they are. Yeah, they get bored if they're not helping people. Trust me, as a judge, it gets boring <laughs> if all you're doing is watching people play magic. And a lot of times, if it's an interesting interaction, the judge is just happy to have something to talk about later in the day. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. What about you? What's yours, Tony? Okay, so my first time, I've been playing magic for basically my entire life um, since I was in high school. But I didn't really go to an LGS until, I don't know, uh, Gate Crash, somewhere around there. Recently. 
relative, <laughs> recently for Re- me. Relatively recently, <laughs> yes. Let's face it. So my, I was really nervous going to the LGS for the first time, even though I knew a couple people there. We were drafting, and I didn't really know exactly how drafts worked. Like, so now I, when I look back on it now, I'm like, the rules enforcement level is going to be like, you know, the pro tour, and you know, I, I have to know exactly what to do, make deck lists, and. Um, first of all, it was, it was not like that at all. (laughs) No, not at all. No, um, my LGS is very laid back. You basically just, you draft, you you play and you have fun. Okay. So the point, the point of an FNM on a Friday of a draft on an FNM is to have fun. It's not the pro level stuff. But when you're, when you have never experienced it before, it's very daunting. I, I know 100% it was. I understand. And I am one who's very confident with myself. So me being this nervous about something, like, I don't know, it, it really bothered me being a, that uncomfortable. So what makes this one even worse was I won my first round. I, I lost my second round and won my third round. Okay, I figure I'm going to be in the top four. Maybe I'll get a prize. I won two out of three games. But then when, when the results came through, I got second to last place. And I'm like, no, there's there's no way that's right. So I went to the guy who was in charge, and I, I told him, like, I don't think that's right. I won two games. And he's like, oh, no, I have you down as losing the first round. Yeah. Oh. And uh, he's like, oh, sorry, there's nothing really we can do now. I, now, I, 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 I still don't even know what I should have done. Because there's no judge there to, to do anything. Mm-hmm. How would you have handled it? As a judge, uh, like when it's that late, I think you can still go in and change the win so that you had won that first round. But from there, was it the end of the tournament? Yeah, we we were. There was no more rounds. No more rounds. We were giving out prizes at the end, and I didn't understand why. I oh, it was literally at the point where prizes were being handed out. Yeah, yeah. At that point, it's way probably way too late to do anything. Yeah. Probably. But it's one of those things that, thank God, they have moved over to an app system on your phone. Yeah, so you can actually just look at it and see it. Everyone will have the information there. You know, I am very excited. Honestly, I'm very excited to go to a GP and have my just have everyone's phone go off at the same time. And then you just see everyone's head go down and look at their phone to see where they're going. No more of the everyone go over to the blue corner (laughs) and everyone huddled around the blue flag. Oh, that was the worst. And people are like jamming into each other. And then once they find their thing, they like duck out real quick. Yep. Oh, um, this is going to be so much better for stuff like that. You know, a hundred percent. Like even just, my small LGS, like, it's going to be so much easier there, too. Mm-hmm. So, just so everyone knows, I went back, and everything went smoother after that. And I just knew what to look for. Eventually, I made friends with the regulars, became a part of that group. But it was definitely scary the first time. And I was very anxious. So, I always try, now now that I'm one of the regulars, to try to include all the new players. Just to get them to know the way things are done around there, and make sure they're comfortable. I, I just wish everybody would... Kind of make it more comfortable for new players, especially. I agree. Okay, so before we go into deck list today, 
I want to talk about the uh, ban that happened this week. Of course. You know, we even waited until like after 11 o'clock last week just to make sure that Thassa's Oracle wasn't going to get banned. (laughs) And then they banned it at three. (laughs) Oh, that's unbelievable. It's fine. We kind of knew it was coming. We even mentioned it in the podcast that we knew it was coming. Are you surprised? I, I kind of am. Like, yeah? Yeah. It was. A, it's a strong deck, of course. Like, I went 7-1 and one with it, but it wasn't, like, super overpowered. Like No? Nope. No, I felt like it had interaction. There was stuff you could do. It was such a quick banning that... Yeah, they, they did say that when they uh, put the... Strixhaven Mystical Archive cards into Historic that they were going to take quick action. I'm just surprised that they didn't ban the Mystical Archive card. Yeah, I don't just Thassa's Oracle is always so so much trouble. And I think this actually helps too with um, like Brawl decks. Maybe people were doing things with Thassa's Oracle and Brawl decks. I don't is know. Is it banned in Brawl too? Uh, it's, well, uh, it has the same... Uh, Ban list is standard, I'm pretty sure. Maybe not, though. No. I, I thought it had its own ban list, but I very rarely play standard Brawl. I only I only ever really play historic Brawl. Yeah, I don't I do not do Brawl much at all. It's just not, not my thing. Yeah, the historic Brawl can be fun. I have a Jota deck that allows me to just play things for five mana that you shouldn't be able to cast for five mana. Well, I enjoy playing things that are way too expensive for a much cheaper cost. I will send you this Jota deck. <laughs> I really, it's so much fun. And it's a, it's a net deck that I have adjusted each set. It was a net deck six or seven sets ago, and I have just been adding to it. Back when Dominaria was new and fresh? Um, I don't know if it was Dominaria. It might not be that long ago, but, uh. Well, that's when Jota, that's the set Jota was from, right? Yeah, but it was after that because (laughs) I wasn't playing Arena at that point. Oh, I see. But anyway, uh, the bans, not surprised. I'm surprised that they banned Thassa's Oracle over Tainted yeah. Pact. Well, at least now you can still play the deck with uh, the Jace, Wielder of Mysteries. Yeah, I've seen it played once. I played it against it one time also. Yeah, but that was it versus however many times we saw that deck before, which let's face it, was a lot. Yeah, I had played it a few against it a few times. I didn't see it as much as I would expect a deck that was uh, ban-worthy. Yeah, I saw quite a bit myself. I know I have seen certainly more Jeskai control decks recently than I ever saw Tainted Pack decks. You know, as we go and talk about our decks, as we move on to that, um, how was your week in Magic? I played my decks that were for the cast, of course, and I played the minimum number of games that I had to. And then I just went back and pl- I was I played two decks pretty much this whole week. The one I played the most was that, uh, what I call the Mizzix Mastery deck. You call it the, like, Oops All Turns. Oops All Turns, yeah. Yeah. I played that deck about 40 times this week. Wait, really? Yes. That's crazy for you, Tony. <laughs> that is a That's significant like amount for me. That's for you. Yep. What was well, your record with it after 40 games? Um, well, this includes a couple of the ones from before, but uh, 30 and 15 for a 67% Okay, that's not terrible. That's Honestly, much better I, than my... The, I've been playing that deck, too. Okay. Oh, really? That's awesome. Yes. Um, I have played since... I guess the, since like the last time we talked, I've played maybe another 100 games with it. What does it say total for games here? I have, I've actually made adjustments to the deck. 
Okay. I didn't. I played the exact same deck as I made on May 2nd. So my the ver- version one I have here, I went 66 and 60 with, with a 52% win rate. Okay. And version two, I went 62 and 61 with, with a 50% win rate. Ooh, so, ouch. so maybe the other version is better, but all I did was add a magma opus to the deck. Hmm. Okay. I took out a charter course. Maybe that was the wrong card to take out. Maybe I throw charter course back in and I take out one of the other big spells. But the magma opus is great because it allows you to turn three go off. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It also, Makes it, sense. It also allows you to unburial rights from your hand. Oh, yeah. That's true. And the uh, well, Prismari the- command can do that as well. Yeah. That's what I was just going to say. I've found that with Magma Opus, it's easier to do that with. Yeah. You can I, you can kind of set it up easier with the Magma Opus. I like the Charter Course. I, I also liked it, and now that I'm looking at this, I probably might just go back to how it was before. Also, resolving a Magma Opus out of your graveyard can be a good thing to do. Uh, yeah. Like, I've seen other people do it against me. The thing it does when you do it is it deals four damage. It also says it taps two permanents. That does that really doesn't do too much. I have used that ability to tap down a couple of blockers while I've had extra turns <laughs> so that I could make sure my creatures got through. Yeah, that would be good against the Angels deck in particular. Yep. And then it it also makes a 4-4 creature for you to keep attacking with in all of your extra turns. Yep. And it and it draws you two cards. It still just seems like more of like a win more type card. I'd rather uh, just make sometimes sure I it have is. the basics. Yeah, sometimes it is. Um, clearly, I've played just about the same number of games going 66 and 60 and 62 and 61, and the version one was better. Yeah. Well, it could also just be people are getting more used to the deck. Yeah, and I think, and like you said, so much control. Yeah. Oh my god, it's everywhere right now. And when I scroll up, I'm using untapped.gg. I guess I'll just give them the uh, plug because I am. that's what I'm using to look at all of my stats for the past couple of weeks. So shout out to them 100%. I use them for everything. When I look at, like, my matchups, the ones I'm doing terrible at, white-green, 21% win rate against the white-green decks. Is that against, like, my Hate Bears deck? Like that um, style? Or is it just... Yes, I think it's the um, Archon of Emeria. Yep, uh, that card is so good. You know, if that card comes out, this deck can't beat it without a sideboard. And I don't have a sideboard, and I'm not doing best of three. It's a three-toughness creature, so Prismari Command can't kill it. And you're only casting one spell a turn, and this whole deck is just about cheating spells. Yeah. So whenever I come up to the Archon, it just seems I lose. Um, I have an 8% win rate against blue-black. Wow, okay. An 18% win rate against mono-blue. 33% against Jeskai. 20% against Sultai. 33% against four-color. 0% against five-color. 0% against white, blue, black, and red. You know, if they can counter a spell, I kind of lose. Yeah, I'm looking at my zero percenters, and I have been zero percent against Teamer and Golgari for some reason. Interesting. But that's the only two that I'm zero percent. What's your blue? You're like mono blue and you're like blue black. Mono blue, 100% win rate, 4 0. Wow. Yep. Haven't lost against them. 
Wow. Same with Mono White. Same with Blue White. Uh, Blue Red, 100% 4-0. Green White. I only played him one time, but I'm 1-0 against him. Wow, I've played 14 games against Green White. My my bad ones are Jeskai. I'm 2-4. Uh, Mono Red, I'm 2-4. And and yeah, Mono Red can just get... You need to get to turn four, and Mono Red, if you don't have any removal, Mono Red has you dead by turn four. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, that's basically when I lose, is they're just too quick for me. I, I lose when they're either too quick for me or they counter my spells. Other than that, I've pretty much gotten to the point where I know the hands I need to keep. Yep. You know, I can look at the hand and go, yep, this needs to be discarded. And then look at that hand and go, yeah, that needs to be discarded. I've won off of four cards. See, I don't I don't mulligan that much. If I don't have a good hand, I mulligan because I know the hands. I know what I need to do to win. And sometimes the hand, if it doesn't give me what I need to do to win, I need to get rid of it. If it, if it has no discard, you can't keep it. Yes. Yeah, it definitely has to have some sort of discard, either a faithless looting. Now, okay, I got I got a question about the discard cards. Yeah. Do you keep a hand with um, three lands, Prismari Command, one, two, three, um, <laughs> Mizzix Mastery, and like an Allruns Epiphany? Um, if that Allruns Epiphany was an emergent ultimatum, I would. But you wouldn't keep it otherwise. Um, I probably would still keep that because you've got the looting. So you've got ways to find other cards that aren't Alaron's Epiphany, and right. the looting you will be able to cast twice before you cast the Mizzic Mastery. So you're getting about, you're getting four draws off of that alone, depending on whether you go first or second, you're getting two or three more draws in between. You're going to find either something better or more draw cards. Yeah, I think that's a keepable hand. Yeah, see, that, that, that's the same way I feel, but then I always just question, like, because I'm not really doing anything until turn three unless I draw something. I get that, but you might draw something, and your lands can come into play tapped for the first couple of turns, and if you have to use that Mizzix Mastery on an Alaron's Epiphany for a turn, do it. Yep, yeah, that, okay. Yeah, I'm on the same level as you, though. I have found before that I have taken an extra turn done something to take an extra turn, and in that extra turn, drew exactly what I needed to go off. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It doesn't always work out that way. Sometimes you just have two blockers, but then it might take a couple more turns, but your extra turn gave you that couple more turns. Yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely. I've also had a game where I cast all four Emergent Ultimatums. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I managed to put, I managed to loop two ultimatums into the graveyard and then i i had to have scholared it one out and then with it i took an omniscience a scholar and a mizix mastery because i knew there was two more emergent ultimatums in my graveyard yep so they got rid of the omniscience and it gave me literally two emergent ultimatums i'm like wow i'm just gonna have Ugh. eight turns stacked up with creatures <laughs> i had three i was i was casting the uh scholar of the lost trove with no targets just as a five five because why not yeah i mean you got 10 turns <laughs> yeah i've got That's i've got 10 turns and it's only gonna take me one because i have all four of those five fives in play now with with all of the emergent ultimatums going on do you have anything more to say about the mizzix mastery Oops, all spells deck. You know, I've been enjoying it. 
I don't know if I would recommend playing it on the ladder anymore, to be honest. It's been tough the past couple days. It really has been. I started off at the bottom of Diamond 4, and I'm currently in the middle of Diamond 3. So I have gone up. Yeah. I've went all the way up to Diamond 2 at one point, but I have not... I I think the best I've gotten is one game into Diamond 2, and then I keep falling back, and I'm currently at the bottom of Diamond 2, so I've only done one win better than my current standing on the ladder, Hmm. and I'm breaking even with this deck. Yeah. So at this point, I'm loving the deck. I'm enjoying it. I don't know if it's good. It hasn't been good for me for a little while. Probably about a day or two, or maybe three. Even. But that doesn't stop it from being fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Because it, it wins just enough if there wasn't so many control decks out there. Oh, my God, it's everywhere. <laughs> it is absolutely everywhere. Um, I've right. also still been playing the uh, the Hate Bears deck from last week. Yeah? yeah? Yeah, did you enjoy that a lot? Yep, yep, I'm 37 and 19 with it. With a 66% win rate. Wow. So that one is still really, really strong. I still recommend it. My uh, decks for the cast this week. The stuff that I went, this is for the podcast, honestly, went terribly for me. Really? How bad? You watched the stream. You saw the two of those get decks. Those were the two decks you decided to play? Those those were, you know, I, I said at the beginning of the stream, I'm doing this for the podcast. Let's make sure I write everything down. And the first deck I grabbed, which let's let me bring up the list. It was a Golgari aggro list by uh, I'm going to butcher this name. Kemesiba. Again, butchered the name, I'm sure. But it, <laughs> it looked like a fun deck. It had I twitch serrated scorpion village rights. Uh, Gilded Goose, The Jasper Sentinel, Life Goes On, Plum the Forbidden, Agadim's Awakening, Bastion of Remembrance, Veto the Thorn Rose. You know, I love me a good Veto with like Bastion of Remembrance and Plum the Forbidden. It also had a cool combo. It had a card called Fortifying Drot. Do you know what this card is? No, no, I don't actually. What is it? Instant one green mana. You gain two life. Target creature gets plus X plus X until end of turn where X is the amount of life you gained this turn. Alright, so it's just a giant growth variant, basically? A giant growth variant, but with stuff like Serrated Scorpion or, like, Life Goes On? Yeah. Life Goes On, you gain four life. If a creature died, you gain eight? Yeah, of course. So You know, a- that little combo, I'm like, get, get gain plus eight, then Fortifying Drot, now you're at ten, plus ten, plus ten? Awesome, that, that seems great. I want to try this. This looks like fun. Um, when I saw that deck list... I thought it was terrible. (laughs) That is nothing I would ever even think about playing because it looks so bad. One of the two of us was correct. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure it was you. You went, what, 10-0, 20-0? You watched me go (laughs) 0-2. It was awful. (laughs) It was awful. Um, To the point where the first deck I played against was Winota, Lorehold Winota. And I'm like, great. Then I look up, and as I'm streaming, I look up in the chat, and I see Warlord Wolf type out, this will not end well, after they play out a Blade Historian. And I'm like, you're right, Warlord Wolf, this is not going to end well, dude. Yep, the deck completely 
completely overpowered me. They puked out every creature. Every turn, all they did was puke out creatures. And I'm drawing lands. If I'm not drawing lands, I'm drawing spells that draw me more lands. And I'm like, all right, what what am I looking for right now? What am I looking for? What's going to help me win this game? And the answer was Bastion of Remembrance. But that was about it. That's like the only thing I was kind of looking for in the deck. I think that deck needs Bastion of Remembrance. Correct. Correct. If it's it's Bastion or Bust, and that's not a deck. Nope. I had an Aghanim's Awakening in my hand. And I'm like, okay, I've got enough mana. I can pull like a one drop, a two drop, and a three drop out of my graveyard. I don't have any three drops. I can pull a one drop and a two drop. This deck doesn't run any two drops. Oh, no. Are you kidding me? Not a single two drop in this deck. Oh, that is terrible. And I'm like, great. All right, let, let's try another game. So I play another game. This one's against Buffalo. They're on Red Black Sack. I get two land and I twitch, a scorpion, a bastion of remembrance, and a goose and a life goes on. I'm like, I've okay. got bastion of remembrance. This hand can turn to bastion of remembrance. Seems good to awesome. me. So I get the bastion of remembrance out. I end up drawing into a veto, play my veto, and then they claim the firstborn, my veto. Uh, yeah. Then they play out a Sedgemore Witch, and I'm like, hey, that that's a great card. I would love a Sedgemore Witch. Oh, there should be some in your deck, right? No, there's none. Oh, but that works Why? so well with that. You would think it would work great with this deck, huh? Nope. They did. This person decided not to add it to the deck. I don't know. Maybe it's um, a budget restriction, maybe. After they uh, did a big attack and then they did a Plum the Forbidden with the Sedgemore Witch in play, giving them five more tokens, I was like, yeah, I'm done. And I think I'm done with this deck. I don't, I think if a deck is based around just four cards and you only have one copy of those four cards, I probably shouldn't play it. You know we're supposed to play eight games, right? Yeah, I know. But I got to the point where I'm just like, I can't do it. I can't play eight games. We'll move on to a new deck. I 100% understand what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that's, I think that's a thing. I think in net decking, you don't have to play as many games as you want with a deck. It does not always take a amount of games to know a deck is bad. This deck won a tournament. It went 3-0. Wow. Okay. That's why I grabbed it. It won a tournament. I'm like, this deck went 3-0. It looks like fun. I love Plum the Forbidden. I think it's a great card. It it matched with Sedgemore, which is amazing. I don't yeah, know why yeah, it's it not was... in here. So you're I talking pl- about how you only played two games with that, and that's what like net deckers will often do is just they'll play it and see how bad it is yeah and sometimes it's a deck is good and you just need to see how to play a deck so you need to play eight nine ten twenty games to learn how to play the deck sometimes you play two games and you're like nope i'm not gonna win with this deck yeah i'm looking through my um my previous decks that i played i have a lot of oh ones one two one three oh one oh one three five one threes oh one and, mm-hmm. you know, I played it one time, I realized it was a terrible deck, and I'm not playing it ever again. Yep, this one, I got 1-1, one, one. this one is 0-2, this one is 2-3, so pl- I, played, I played that a bit, but yeah, 100%, if if the deck doesn't work for whatever reason, don't keep playing it. Yeah, no, no, not at all. Don't, especially if you're not having fun, don't force yourself not to have fun. Unless the spot is kicker deck, because then I had to keep playing it eight times. <laughs> <laughs> I've the last the last time a historic uh, anthology came out, which we'll talk about the the historic anthology at the end. Um, the last time a historic anthology came out, I have four decks here. 
right here I'm looking at. Rakdo Shadow 1-3, Shadow Cleave 0-2, Mardu, Mardu Shadow 2-6, Shadow Mardu 2.0, 0-2. I really wanted to get that Death Shadow to work. So afterward, you said, Nate, why don't you try Trent's deck from uh, the other night? He, did Trent win the uh, FNM with it? With yes. you guys? So Trent won our FNM with a crazy deck. With It was all Death Touch creatures and Finn the Fang Bearer. And he actually killed me with Poison Counters. And I didn't think that was actually possible. Finn the Fang Bearer. I'm not going to say that right. <laughs> you can just call him Finn. Everyone will Finn. know him. Yeah, I've, I'm too much of a Buffy fan that I'm just every single time I see it, I call him a fang banger. Because <laughs> from Buffy, that's what they called people who, uh, you know, slept with vampires were fang bangers. So I, it's just how I see it. Learn something new every day. But this deck with Finn, it also had Chevelle Bane of Monsters in it. Had And then like every 1-1 one, one Death Touch creature in black or green. Yep. And yeah, it, it destroyed my Hate Bears deck. I'm sure it did. If, if this is designed to destroy your hate bears deck. My first game with it, I had two lands. I had one of the 1-1 one, one vampires. I had a moss viper. I had a sign in blood. I had two of the deadly bl- brew. And I had two fin the fang... The... The fang bearer. bearer. Yep. <laughs> I, I had to literally look and read it. Fin the <laughs> fang bearer. And then uh, my opponent was on um, mono green elves they played back-to-back war masters and then cocoed into another war master well you're not winning that i my whole point is just to get in with one one creatures and hopefully you block with big creatures and i trade your big creatures but when they are just puking out those three war masters they have enough blockers forever yes they do and your one ones aren't going to be blocking many different things Nope, nope. So that that was a, uh, all right, listen, I understand that my opponent got an amazing opening hand, that many decks wouldn't be able to beat that right now. That is not a, not a thing on the deck I'm playing. Don't look at this deck and go, this deck is bad because I lost this particular game. No, that's what Elves does. just does. It doesn't matter how good your deck is. Correct. If your deck isn't designed to be elves, maybe, maybe if they didn't have three war masters, this deck could have done better if it was going up against the um, elfish archdruid, you know, and I had to kill one of those off. Maybe I would have been easier with those things, but the three war masters, there was no way many decks were beating that. So that yeah, was not yeah. an indication of how bad this deck was. Yep, yeah, true. It's just a uh, saying how good the elves deck is. Correct. So my next game, I had two land, a Moss Viper, two of the Narnum Renegade, and two Fins. Again, seems good. Yeah. So this game, the deck was removal.deck. <laughs> they started off with a Graph Digger's Cage, and I'm like, all right, not that big of a deal, except I am running Luris. Yep. So if they manage to do a board wipe, I'm not going to be able to get everything. Oh, yeah, look, that's a Ritual Assault. Huh. Great. And then anything I play after that, they take out. They ended up playing a Liliana, and yeah, it was just over real quick after that. Game three with this deck. I don't think I wrote down what I played against, but I think it was um, Jeskai Control. So my game three was against Blue-White Control. 
I have three lands. I have a Vampire of the Dire Moon, and I got a Chevelle. Vampire of the Dire Moon, that's the one drop? One drop, one one death touch. Okay. Lifelink also? I believe so, yes. Yeah, yeah. Not that it's going to matter in this matchup, I'm sure. I, I play him out first turn. Second turn, I go to play Chevelle, and he gets countered. So I managed to get a three of these little one ones into play between Moss Vipers and the Bright Blades and Vampire the Dire Moons. And then they destroy everything. And then they start playing, what, Memory Lapse? Uh, yeah. So I play a spell, they Memory Lapse it, put it right back on top. Well, I'm going nowhere. After yep. three Memory Lapse, I scooped. <laughs> Especially, that seems like a really bad matchup, because, like, your 1-1s aren't going to do much damage, unless you can get Thin out, mm -hmm. and these 1-1s with Death Touch. And that is what this deck came down to again, was this was kind of very similar, and my feeling, this was very similar to the last deck I played, where it was Bastion or Bust, this kind of felt like a Thin or Bust deck. Yeah, I can see that. If you have Finn, you win. If you don't, you're probably going to lose. So when I when I played against that deck, and the reason why I had suggested it to you, it just felt like he was always playing a 1-1 one, one, uh, Death Toucher, and then my Lovestruck Beasts couldn't attack in, or my mm -hmm. Kazandu Mammoths couldn't get in through it. I will also agree, at this point I was done. I had just played that other deck and did not enjoy myself. I had just literally lost five games of Magic in a row, and all I wanted to do was enjoy myself. So <laughs> I went back to Oops All Spells. <laughs> so I went back to that deck and just enjoyed playing Magic for a bit. Sometimes I feel like that's what you have to do. Oh, so much. There's a lot of times when I'll play a fun deck that I enjoy that has a win rate of about 25%. Mm -hmm. just because it does fun things like a mirror march or just because one in four games you're going to beat your opponent with a maze's end yep i will 100 percent just go into the unranked and just just play and mm -hmm. if i lose i lose if i win i win i don't care at that point mm -hmm. it's same thing like after you hit mythic yeah yep i mean i haven't done that in a couple months but yeah it's been a couple months for me too i'm very close i wish I really wish some of these decks were actually working well for me so that I could make Mythic. I got a deck. I'll send you. Yeah? All yeah. Right. What, like what were your... three with it. Did you play it for this week? I didn't. <laughs> oh. Well, what are your decks for this week? Okay. So I found a standard best of three deck uh, on Aetherhub. It's made by Top Deck King 1. I, it was a four color control deck is what it's labeled, and it kind of looked like fun. It was a Yorion uh, deck. It was a lot like the Seltile Ultimatum deck, but it was um, more controlly, where it had a Professor Onyx, and it has uh, a Dance of the Mans, Elspeth Conquers Death. Bunch okay. of just, you know, be very, very controlly. Counterspells, destroy creature type things. Doom Foretold was in it, which was kind of fun. Was it a it, Yorion, so it's like flicking all of these enchantments and stuff, right? Yes, yes it is. All right. That's, okay. Well, that's that's the goal of what you're supposed that's to have. That's the goal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so game one, I played against Foster the Dave on Sultai Ultimatum. I was able to cast Necromentia on turn three because that's a main deck card. I oh, took all okay. the rolls. Well, yeah, I, I didn't make the deck. I just I just played it. Yup. Yup. <laughs> um, took all the ultimatums. Uh, they're just casting like good stuff. 
while I'm not really doing anything. Um, anytime they play a few creatures, I have to wrath the board, which I definitely have wraths, but it's not helping me win the game. It's just helping me not lose. Uh, they ended up just casting bigger and better things than me, and they got the win. Um, game two, I sided in uh, more counters and duresses and sided out all the creature removal. Not all, but more of it. They tried to duress me. I used a Test of Talents on it. And, you know, that worked what, well, because they had a few uh, duresses in the deck. Um, they tried to cast an Ar Elder Gargaroth. I got that with a uh, Disdainful Stroke. So, like, my counters that I'm bringing in are definitely working. They have an Emergent Ultimatum in hand, but I also have a Mystical Dispute in hand. So I'm like, okay, it's only going to cost one mana. Okay, easy. You know, no problem. But when I cast my Maze Mind Tomb, Arena tapped my blue mana. Ugh. Like... I, I should have paid attention to what Arena was going to tap for me. Yeah, the the auto-tapper can either be a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah, and it tapped my blue mana. And so when it went back to his turn, just cast, you know, the ultimatum, and I scooped. I didn't even mm -hmm. look to see what he did. It was just like a shame scoop. Yeah, I hear you. I probably wasn't going to win anyway, but whatever, you know, that, that was on me. 0-1 to start. That stinks. Yeah, I was also, I was also told, it's Maze Mine Tome. True. Yes. Did, did I call it Tomb? I did too last week, and I was called out on it. And then I got a message going, "It's my new thing now to listen to your podcast to figure out what words you said wrong." I said, oh "Hey, <laughs> as long as you listen, <laughs> you can send me you can send me a correction every week, Dylan. As long as you listen, man." <laughs> Dylan Sparks. Dylan Sparks. Yeah, yeah. See, I pay attention to our fans. Uh, game two, I played against Atlante. Uh, they were playing Yorion Sultai Ultimatum. Hey, this is what, what I just played against. Can you imagine that in standard? <laughs> I have to mull into six, but I have a Necromentia. Okay, I already know that works well. I cast it on turn three and got rid of four of their Sultai Ultimatums. Um, they did get a zombie from it because they had uh, one in hand or... You know, they had two in hand. I tested Talented, their Heartless Act, which they also had two in hand. So now they have a bunch of zombies. Um, <laughs> I ended up just keep drawing lands, and um, they just ended up killing me with uh, their zombies. I, I, I didn't draw any of my creature removal then. So, oh, okay. That, that's fine, I guess. You know, it's my own fault. Um, I sighed the same way. All counters and duresses. Side out the creature removal. I know the zombies, I guess, could kill me, but I'm not really worried about them. I test of talented a cultivate on their turn three, and they had no more lands in hand, which was nice. Mm -hmm. They have no black mana for like three or four more turns, and then I'm able to just counter everything, kill anything they play, and they ended up scooping when I cast my own Yorion with like a bunch of the binding, the old gods, and things like that. In nice. Play. Yep, so one and one in this matchup. Game three, I just leave the sideboard the same. It seemed to work that time. I duress them, and they tested talents it. <laughs> okay, so the same as I did yep. in the previous one. Mm -hmm. um, they're very worried about what counters I might have. I just don't happen to have any. Oh. <laughs> so, but, but you're but playing as if you do. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, 100%. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> when I scried, I felt like... I scried wrong. Like, I put them back, 
that I didn't put them back in the right order because I scribed two. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what I had used to scribe two, but I should have put the test of talents in there on top, but I didn't. I put them back in the wrong, just the wrong order. Um, I had left Doom Foretold on top, um, and then they cast a Coma. That card's pretty good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then they cast an Aerie Ultimatum. That was it. That was the game. Everything Understood. that I killed before just came back and yep. destroyed me. Not very often do you hear someone casting an Eerie Ultimatum. Uh, yeah, I've actually seen a few Eerie Ultimatums recently. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. A couple times in that one, I didn't, like, tap my mana properly. Or, okay, no, I didn't tap, I didn't get my mana properly. There's a lot of times when I needed, like, say, three black mana for this and two white ones for this, and I just didn't have it ever, even though I had the opportunity to before. Does that make sense to you? Yep. Um, so this is why... Playing a deck multiple times before bringing it to a tournament is really key. Oh, 100%. Because, like, if I had just played my mana differently, I really think I probably would have been maybe not 2-0 here because I got destroyed a couple times, but just it would have been so much easier. You know, you, you don't notice this on your first couple times playing it, but you definitely pick up on it after. And again, it's one of those reasons why we always play multiple games. We don't just play two games and back out unless we clearly know the deck is crap <laughs> yes uh game three i played against dash x they were playing rakdos um necromentia seems to come up in my opening hand because again game one i necromentia all of his croxes oh yeah so that i Ooh. felt like that was a really good one um then i was able to cast doom foretold and they have to just start sacking all their stuff i used binding the old gods once i cast that binding they just conceded mm-hmm. they didn't seem to want anything to do with it um, I sided in some Cling to Dusts and Shadow's Verdict. I took out the Test of Talents because that didn't seem to do a whole lot in this matchup. Uh, game two, they duress a Palaka Predation out of my hand that I needed as a land. Then they duress my Chariot, the um, like a Sika's Chariot. I just keep killing any creature they cast and exile everything I can. We're both tied at 19. Both have three cards in hand. And then they conceded. <laughs> I mean, like... It was a pretty even game at this point. You you were just complaining that you don't get free wins off concedes, <laughs> okay? So here you go, Tony. That was two weeks ago that I complained about that. I know, and now you get them. Yeah. I honestly feel like this opponent wanted to lose the way they played. Mm-hmm. And they weren't out of the game at all on either game when they conceded. Yeah. So I, Like, I feel like sometimes I do this, too. When I'm just in a bad mood. And you're like, you know what? I don't even want to figure this out. I don't want to do this puzzle right now. Yep. I don't want to sit here and have a counter spell battle. So um, just again, when you're playing matches, I get wanting to concede when you think it's over. But just so you know, sometimes it's not over. (laughs) Yeah. Last week that happened to me. Yeah. I feel I felt like I was going to win both of these games, but only like 75% of the time. Mm hmm. I mean, like, things happen. That player gave up, like, a 25% chance of winning. And for what? To save five minutes in losing? Uh, it doesn't really seem worth it in my mind. I hear you. Yeah, just just stay in your games if you, if you have a good chance to come back. Especially if you're on any sort of control deck. That's what you signed up for. Yep. Well, they were, they were playing Rakdos. It wasn't really okay. a control deck. Yeah, that's true. And maybe they just didn't want to play against a control deck. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a possibility, too. Yeah, some some people just hate blue. Oh, I hate Jeskai. 
So I get it. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, game four, I played against John Q. Uh, they were playing Gruel Adventures. Uh, so they ended up playing a Lovestruck Beast token into an Edgewall Innkeeper into the Lovestruck Beast, of course, because that's what Gruel Adventures does. Um, then they played Questing Beast, but um, I tried to stay in it by casting a couple extinction events, but it was just way too slow. They ended up Ember Cleaving onto a 1-1 token for the win, believe it or not. <laughs> wow. Yep. Yep. That's what it takes. Like, they just did enough Ugh. damage earlier in the game. So the, all it takes is a 1-1 with the, you know, Ember Cleave. That's painful. Yep. Yep. So I side in all the removal that I can, because I figure this is a pretty much only creature deck, and I side out most of my counter spells. Uh, game two, I've removed every single creature I see. And then I put out an Asika's Chariot. Uh, that card's really good. Have you played with this card? The four drop make two, two, two kitty cats? Yeah, it is, yeah. It is really good. Uh, I block their questing beasts with it because um, the two cats obviously can't block the questing beast. But together they make a chariot who can block the questing beast. That is correct. And then once, once it died, it's okay because it took the questing beast with it. Mm-hmm. And then I can just keep hitting them for four damage with my cats. <laughs> Oh no, here's a giant questing beast. Cats, hop in the chariot and block it. Oh, good thing that we're alive, but the chariot's pretty busted. <laughs> That's okay. I just want my kitty cats. <laughs> kitty cats are doing great. Um, so I, I'm, I'm hitting, I hit them for like two or three turns in a row. I'm feeling real good about this. They, they have a Kazandu Mammoth. And I'm like, mm-hmm. eh, okay, sure. So I don't attack that turn. Uh, the next turn, they make it an 8-8. Because I, I figured I could eliminate it. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, I got I have an eliminate in hand. I try to cast it, and they use a, the snake skin veil. Yep. And then attack, because they had uh, Fabled Passage. Mm-hmm. Made it an 8-8. I'm like, oh, God, okay. Sure. I'm looking at it, and I'm at, like, 15 life, I think. They have an 8-8, and they're attacking. Huh. Nate, what do you think they had in hand? Embercleave? Oh, how did you know? Yes. Yep. I know there's an Ember Cleave, but there's <laughs> nothing I can do, and I get cleaved. Of course. Yep. Yep. What are you going to do? Okay. Well, I'm one in three. I, uh, I I don't want to play a fifth game at this point. <laughs> I don't blame you. But for the cast, I do. Ah. Wish me luck, I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> uh, game five, I played against Armageddon. That name just scares me. Yeah. Tell me they were on, like, Mono green or something Ponza, just destroying all of your lands. Now, Gruel Adventures, of course, again. Okay, yeah. You know, I, I can already tell I'm going to get cleaved. <laughs> like, this is just what happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, game one, they aren't doing much, except hitting me with a few 1-1s. Um, they cast an Ember Cleave. Big surprise, targeting a Bone Crusher Giant. Uh, but I was able to Heartless Act it. I had the removal ready to go for this. Uh, the game went on for, a, like, a, a while, many turns. Eventually, I'm able to counter enough Rimrock Knight-style cards to get a concession. Nice. Yep. Yep. I don't even sideboard at all, this match. Yeah. I'm like, this hand, like, this deck just seems suited right now to beat this. Uh, next game, I'm able to remove most of their creatures and Necromentia, their Embercleave. Oh, you know how good that feels? <laughs> wow. Are you yes. happy you went and played a fifth game? <laughs> um. Well, I mean, it's not over yet. <laughs> um, they, they've got me at five, but I'm Oof. able to keep the removal going. I cast Yorion and Blink of Binding the Old Gods and uh, uh, the Omen of the Sea. Mm-hmm. Uh, I block a Goldspan Dragon, Ooh. Um, which they had tried to Rimrock to kill my Yorion. 
but I countered that right away. Nice. And um, they scooped, so I did go two and three with it. Nice. Yep, yep. Uh, final deck, final thoughts on this deck. Is it as good as Sultai Ultimatum? I mean, that's really what this deck is the most like. It's not as good as that. It is similar. It's just more controlly than a typical Sultai Ultimatum deck that you would see. Uh-huh. Um, if you're into that style, into like the control decks that really play for a long time, go ahead and try it. But it, I mean, if you're just out there to win games, I would stay away from this. Not the worst deck, just kind of not top tier. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just an okay deck. Yep. I play a bunch of those. So my next deck, I played um, Historic Golgari Stompy. Historic Golgari Stompy. Was that the list you sent me? Yes, it is. Okay, yeah, yeah. The uh, number 102 Mythic player, whose name is I Like to Lose, made it. <laughs> <sighs> Maybe that is uh, a little foreshadowing, but let, oh, let's God. hope not, right? Right. <laughs> Um, so this deck has a bunch of the um, Golgari lands, plus Kazandu Mammoth, Land War Elves, Old Growth Trolls, uh, Pelt Collectors, Ronus the Indomitable, uh, Rotting Regisaur, Scavenging Ooze, Scrap Heap Scroungers, Steel Leaf Champion, and Thoughtseize. Yeah, I didn't have the uh, Scrap Heap Scroungers or the Ronuses for it. Okay, Ronus is so good. You should you should craft that. I have one. I don't have three. Um, I chose this deck because Golgari Stompy reminds me of my first PTQ Top 8. <laughs> it was at Gaming Etc, actually. Nice. And had close to 100 people there. I miss doing big tournaments at that place. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. And I made Top 8, which I was really happy with. So I'm like, okay, Golgari, yeah, let's let's do this. That's, that sounds good. Game 1, I played against LSDVY. I don't know how to pronounce that, so I'm just going to give you the letters. Uh, they were playing Soul Sisters. Basically just like a mono-white life gain deck. I have two pelt collectors and a few three drops in hand to start. So I'm like, okay, this seems like a good hand. Not knowing what they were going to have. Um, they play the Soul Warden into two Speaker of the Heavens. That's that's really tough to beat right there. Oh, <laughs> Turn yeah. three, they cast uh, Skyclave Apparition and take one of my pelt collectors and attack with the Speakers of the Heavens just to get to 27 life when they start making Angels. At that Ugh. point, I just, I just conceded. It wasn't even yeah. worth it at that point. I'm like, I have no chance to beat this. Nope. I, oh, this is best of one also. I played. Uh, game two, I played against Met Plek. They were on Gruel Aggro. Turn one Lana War Elf into a Gruel Spellbreaker. My hand has no one drops. Ouch. Yep, yep. It does have a Coco, a Scavenging Ooze, and a Rotting Registor, though. So I was like, okay. Yeah. yeah that's a, that's okay. I like that. Um, unfortunately, I got stuck on three mana. <laughs> but I have the register, so that that's okay, sure. On uh, their turn three, they cast uh, their own Coco, get a Voltaic Brother, Brawler and another Spellbreaker. Turn four's Burning Tree Emissary into yet another oh. collected company. Oh. And that was it. Yep, yep. Coco, Coco, Coco. Everywhere the Cocos. <laughs> uh, okay, I started 0-2. Okay, sure. <laughs> Game three, I played against a Nano on a Gigantha Jund sack deck. I have the Lanowar Elf, two Scrap Heap Scroungers, and a Collected Company in hand. Like, okay, I have stuff to do on turns one, two, three. You know, I'm good. They thought sees me on turn one. They take my Coco. On turn two, they play the Cat Oven combo, Ugh. which stops my Scrap Heap Scroungers from doing anything. Yep. You know, they're just going to block and then sack it. I find a scavenging ooze, luckily, in the next couple turns, so that holds the cat back. 
again for a few turns, but then they get Corvold out. Ugh, Corvold's so good. <laughs> um, they don't really attack with it because um, I do have a, the Rotting Registrar in play. Um, because I can swing back and pr- maybe win. Uh, the real problem is all the cards they're drawing with Corvold, because they're just sacking everything. Mm-hmm. Um, they get a Vraska, the four mana one. I forget the which Vraska that is. Golgari Queen? Yep. Yep. And they were able to kill the Scavenging Ooze and then finally attack with the 10-10 Corvold for the win. Uh, so I started 0-3. O- <laughs> <laughs> uh, game four, I played against Andrew. Just Andrew. That's kind of cool. I like that. Yeah. Uh, they're they're playing your Oops All Turns deck. Love it. Yep. So how do you think this game went? Uh, you're on the green-black. Yep. Uh... Did you end up getting a scavenging ooze by any chance? Um, as nope, no, I did not. Not in this match. Uh, nope. I would say they probably won this. Nope, they did not. Really? Yeah, I had an uh, Lanamore Elf, two Scrap Heap Scroungers, uh, three land, and a Kazandu Mammoth in hand. Oh, nice! And it just went perfectly. I played the Elf on turn one, the Kazandu Mammoth on turn two, both Scrap Heap Scroungers on turn three. And beat them before they could do anything. Turn four win. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. It was just like the perfect hand to beat them. You need, you, if you don't beat them by turn four, they win, hopefully. Yep. Yep. And I was just able to crush them. It was, it was fun. I I, had, I enjoyed that one. Uh, game That's five, awesome. I played against LL, oh wait, NLN004. That's a terrible name. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, they're playing Demir Control. Um, uh, Pelt, uh, I have a Pelt Collector, two Lanowar Elves, a Ronus, and an Old Growth Troll in hand to start. Had a question here. Okay. I, w- I just want to see your opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Pelt Collector, two Lanowar Elves, Ronus, and an Old Growth Troll. Which one would you play first? The Pelt Collector or the Lanowar Elves? Lanowar Elves and the Old Growth Troll. Um... Let's see. What did I do? If you if you have the uh, mana and no other creature to drop on turn two to pump it, if your only creature to pump the uh, Pelt Collector is that 4-4, I'd yeah, rather put okay. the 4-4 out turn two than have a turn three 4-4 four, four, and a turn, turn three 2-2. Two, two. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it was just like one of those things where I'm like, I don't really know which one to do right now. So I just put a question mark next to it and I figured I'd ask you when I talked to you. Uh, well, oh, it's it's a great idea. So uh, it doesn't even say what I did here. They ended up thought seizing my Ronus. And then when I finally got everything out, they cast Languish. Ugh. So it, it really didn't matter which one I played first because everything yep. was going to die anyway. Mm-hmm. I played a Steel Leaf Champion, which they then quickly killed. So one um, when the old growth troll dies, it goes onto your land. And then makes yep. another 4-4. Four, four. Yep. Like, okay, cool. I do that. I'm like, okay, I think I'm still in this, really. Uh, then they use Commit to Memory on it. They use the Ugh. Commit one to put the token back in, so that's just gone. Yep. Um, then they cast Narset, and I scooped. Because <laughs> they were definitely going to cast Memory the next turn. Yep. There was nothing. <sighs> so one and four with it. That stinks. Uh, next turn is against, um, oh, this was, this was an interesting deck list. Uh, they played Mardu, Velamachus. Oops, all okay. turns. 
Yep, I've seen I've seen something similar to this. See, I hadn't seen a Mardu version of it. I thought that yeah. was interesting. I have seen a Mardu version, yeah. Yeah, so I, I put, like, like, the first statement I love is just, okay, this deck they had was wild. <laughs> uh, so on Stitcher Supplier, um, they played on turn one, and the card's really good in this deck. It, yeah, it's, a, it's essentially a faithless looting. Yeah, yeah, basically. You don't get the draw, but you the whole point of the deck is to put cards in the graveyard, and that's faithless looting. Hey, and it put a Scholar of the Troves and an Emergent Ultimatum in their graveyard, believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> what are the chances? <laughs> Um, so I'd gone first, um, and I played a Land War Elf on turn one. On turn two, I played a Scavenging Ooze, and nice. immediately immediately ate that Scholar of the Troves. Yup. Yup. Turn two, they didn't really do anything but play a land. I played a Scrap Peeps Grounder, able to attack in with my Scoos. Uh, they blocked with the Stitcher Supplier, put more stuff into their graveyard. Absolutely, why not? Yep. Uh, I cast Thoughtseize and ta- saw two Mizzix Mastery and a Velimachus Lorehold in hand. Okay, so I took the Velomachus, put it in the graveyard. You didn't take any of the Masteries? No, no. I took, (laughs) maybe maybe that was wrong. (laughs) What what did they have? Didn't they have a uh, ultimatum in their graveyard? Yes, yeah. But this is still turn three, and I was first. Sure, what was their life total? Could you have, like, were you very close to killing them? No. (laughs) No. But I figured I could eat the Velomachus with the scavenging ooze and make it bigger. Sure. Okay. So And I guess next... you can I guess you can also eat the target when they um Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I think that was really my thought. Just always leave a green mana open. Mm-hmm. Um the next few turns they do nothing. I end up eating their whole graveyard and then just attack for the win with the scavenging ooze. Awesome. Yep. That's how you beat it. Yeah, oh yeah, um, for sure. And it was just fun seeing a different deck. I don't know the Mardu version, but I know my version can't beat a Scavenging Ooze once it's a 3-3. Yeah. Nope, it can't. Nope, not at all. Okay, the next one is wild also. Okay? Yeah. This is the one that you're like, I can't wait to tell you about? Yes. Yes. All right. I'm so excited. I played against Adric. A-D-R-I-K. I'm not going to tell you what they were playing at first. (laughs) Okay. All right. Um, I mulligan a hand that had three scavenging oozes and two lands. I'm like, okay, if it's not a graveyard deck, then this has no chance of winning. Okay. Right? I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, hand two is much better with um, a land war elf, three lands, rotting register, and a Ronus. Okay. Yeah. I, I like, like it. that. Okay. I can play Ronus and then rotting Reggie and then just crush in for the win. I do that. I play that elf turn one. They play a mountain and then a fire blade charger. Okay. You know what that is? The one mana? Mon- yeah, they're on mono red. Yep, yep, mono red. Exactly. Okay. I play my Ronus on turn two. I'm feeling great. They play Colossus Hammer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they're That's not a, a mono mana. red, dude. They're not oh. a mono red. <laughs> <laughs> so they play Colossus <laughs> Hammer. Okay. You know, it's still, it's an equip of eight, right? Yep. They play, nope, they not, play, not um, if they can use the uh, thing to put it on for free, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then they play a Planes and cast Resolute Strike. Yep. I've never seen this card in my whole life, okay? Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> love it. And they equip it to their uh, Fireblade Charger and makes their 1-1 one, one now at 11-11. Hmm, okay. I mean, like, that's bad, of course. Attacking on turn two. 
But, you know, it's not that bad. I have Ronus in play, right? And he's indestructible. And Death Touch. Cool. Oh, awesome. Did you read Flame Relay Charger? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So you see how this goes, right? Oh my god, Tony. Well, what am I going to do at this point, right? Yeah. Turn three, I have to play the Riding Regisaur. Uh-huh. And then um, I'm, I'm like, okay, I'll leave an elf back. Sure, that can block if I have to. Mm-hmm. Um, on turn three, they played Maul of the Skyclaves and an attack with a 13 Oh, my 13. God. So, like, I would have lost <laughs> if I blocked with Ronus anyway. But like, <laughs> how do you beat that? Oh, yeah. So my, my thing is, um, did I just get someone's, like, complete nut draw? Is that what happened? Yes. yes like, they that just was... got the perfect hand? I was going to say, that's what we call magical Christmas land. <laughs> it was really unreal. I was like, okay, I just got turn three'd with a 13-13 flying that you can't block. Because if yep. you kill it, then you're just dead. Yep. So... I have one more deck to talk about. Do you have one more deck, or do you have no more decks? Um, I actually have another deck. Yeah, um, I also have a deck. I also have a deck. Yeah. One more, but we're already at an hour and 20 minutes. Okay. Do we want to talk about the decks, or do we want to move on to Historic Anthology 5? So my next deck, I decided to play a Colossus Hammer deck. Yeah? Yeah. But it wasn't that good. It wasn't that good. I went three and five with it. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I did a historic deck. I did. I actually, after last week, I was like, I've got to try mono green elves. Hmm. Okay. And I played through mono green elves and got stomped. How? That deck's so good. Um, mirror matches beating me. Oh, okay. I got a, I got a couple mirror matches that beat me. And then this was Neoform. Hmm. Just literally yeah. neoformed off. And then this, they made a 9-5 Sprite Dragon and then gave it double strike. Ouch. <laughs> J- like, I got stomped and then ended up playing against the uh, Coco Angels deck. Yep. And they just ended up gaining all of the life. I'm playing creatures, they're gaining life, which is pumping their stuff because they've got the 2-4 um, in play. Oh, the Valkyrie? Yeah, the Valkyrie, which is as that once they get up to a certain life total, all of their creatures get plus two, plus two. So that was not helpful. So, yeah. like, honestly, this week in Magic hasn't been that great for me. No, no. I, I, I was good up until the weekend, and then I haven't been good since then. Yeah, I wasn't even good up until the weekend. I wasn't having a good week. To be completely honest with you, I kind of can't wait for Historic Anthology 5. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff coming. When does that actually drop? Do we know? Um, It dropped yesterday, so everyone will be playing it now. Oh, sweet. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, so by the time the podcast comes out, it will have literally dropped yesterday. So these <laughs> cards are now available on Arena. Oh, okay. Uh, what are you looking forward to playing? Um, do you want? What do you want to do? Top three? Yeah, we can do top three. All right. Like in, in, in no particular order, my top three are Attacker's Command. Atarka's command, sure. Atarka's command, thank you. Yeah, because Dylan would have definitely corrected me. Yeah, it's not Atakra, sure. Atarka's <laughs> command, Ancient Grudge, and probably Coligan's command. Wow. Okay, that is not the same three that I would have picked. 
Really? Like going to pick. Yeah. Awesome. So what what three cards are you excited for then? Okay. So I, I'm excited just to play decks that are going to have Vault Scourge in it. Yeah. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, because oh, that just sounds like fun to me. And like you can play uh, that Tempered Steel and okay. Vault Scourges and make three three flying lifelinks for one mana. That sounds awesome. Okay. Just something I enjoy. Uh, Shieldred sounds like a, a lot of fun. <laughs> Maybe because I'm a Timmy at heart, but playing gigantic 6-6 six, six swamp walking creatures that destroy your opponent's creatures and brings back everything of yours, that's amazing. I love it. Do you think Shieldred has a place in the Oops All Turns deck? Um, No. No? Nope. Nope. You, do you think it does? Well, I could just see it bringing back the uh, five fives and giving you extra turns every turn. Yeah, but if I'm gonna bring it, if I'm gonna bring a creature back, I'm just gonna bring back the scholar. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, um, and then number three, probably gonna go with intangible virtue. Really? Yeah, you liked yourself some tokens, huh? I have very much enjoyed intangible virtue decks uh, before. And there's just a lot of token makers, and we haven't really seen a good token deck. Uh-huh. And I'm kind of hoping that there is going to be a good token deck. Do you, do you know what I really need someone to net deck, though? Because I'm certainly not going to take the time to build the Dragonstorm deck. Oh my god, a Dragonstorm deck would be so much fun. But, like, I just, nine mana? Is there a way to cheat that nine mana? I don't think so. Um, yeah, there is. Yeah, like, what are you going to do? Oh, you're, um, you're going like, to put it in your graveyard, graveyard and then you're going to yeah, Mizzix Mastery it. <laughs> you're at yeah, least no, getting right. two dragons, right? Yep, yep. Even even at four mana, Mizzix Mastery this out gets you two dragons. If one of those dragons is Villamachus. Oh my god, then you're casting even more. Yeah, Dragonstorm seems like fun. Yep. Do you, did we just build that? Holy crap, Dragonstorm. <laughs> someone build that. Put Dragonstorm with Villamachus inside of like that shell that we've been using it has to be it, it someone's gonna have to make that deck one thing i find yeah. it funny about your three cards that you picked they all seem like controlish type cards and you're not really a control player uh autocracy command there is absolutely going in every single gruel deck yeah oh yeah for sure it, it, players your opponents can't gain life this turn is an amazing piece of text i have used that many times in uh burn decks i've played like burn decks with green in it yep yep as the sideboard this is a sideboard card um deals three damage to each opponent that's essentially a lightning bolt put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield with um valakit decks that did amazing right we don't have valakit though correct i know I'm just saying that's why I've played it in the past. And creatures you control get plus one, plus one, and gain reach until end of turn. Just that plus one, plus one on creatures and three damage alone, most of the time that's like six damage off of two mana. Yeah, true, true. You know, you're swinging in with a bunch of creatures. Does one of them have an Ember Cleave? Just that plus one, plus one is four damage if something has an Ember Cleave. I guess it's two damage. You're already winning. That's true. Um, Ancient Grudge is just, again, it's a sideboard card that is, it's going to see play. Yeah, no, it'll definitely see play. I mean, again, that doesn't excite me. That's just a card. Yeah, it's it's cards that I'm excited that are in the format, because it, it's an easy answer to annoying things. 
What is what 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 artifact is bothering you right now in historic? Graph digger's cage. Yeah, that's what you have Prismari command for. That destroys Correct. an artifact. You know, Correct. like I'm not Prismari, gonna... Prismari's command does that as well. But yeah, no, I hear you. I just don't see a place for Ancient Grudge. And uh Cooligan's command is just one of those cards that is really powerful. Oh yeah, for sure. It's one of those cards that it's gonna end up in those um Mardu Mardu um Death Shadow decks. Yep. Oh yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe they'll actually be good enough to play now. Yeah. It will definitely be helpful because it will um the two damage to any target you can put at your face. It also destroys an artifact. Yeah. There's a lot of artifact destruction. Yeah, yeah, there is. It, 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 I don't really see a lot of uh, artifact decks to worry about right now. But a bunch of these destroy artifacts. It's very interesting. Maybe they're planning on making some artifacts soon. Uh-huh. Or maybe there's going to be some good artifacts coming up in the next few sets. Yeah, something to think about. Yeah, absolutely something to think about. Or maybe they're just really worried about my Vault Scourge finally uh, taking off. You know, they did just put an artifact creature right in here. You're right. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of excited about Urbrask too, but it it shouldn't be that good. You know, we we have Plukernos, uh, not Plukernos, uh, the Red God does the same Perforos creature says. Yep, Perforos. and it's the same mana. Yep. The only thing that changes is your opponent's uh, creatures come in tapped, but yeah, and Perforosa himself does not have haste where this. Urabrask gives himself haste. Yep, and it's an actual creature sometimes when Perforos is not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, there's a lot of good cards here. There are. Stifle it... will see play as well. Think I'm so? not. I'm not excited about it, but it'll be there. Yeah. I, I don't see Stifle being a big card in the format, because Stifle's great for stopping uh, fetch lands. We don't have fetch lands here. Yeah, we do. Fabled Passage? Yeah, okay. It's a it's a fetch no, land. You're, you're right. You're right. That'll be great for that. I mean, that's a one mana stone rain at that point. Mm-hmm. Merfolk looter, I don't think it's going to do a whole lot. No, it's a card. It's a card. It's a card. Um, Into the North just searches out a land. Yeah, it's rampant growth. It. I, I guess the good thing about it is we have snow duels. Yep. Yep. Yeah, because this is the first time we have snow duels for that to actually work like that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And it's coming into play tapped anyway, so you might as well use it. Correct. And then, like, Icar Wellspring might see some play if there's some sort of artifact sack at, um, synergies. Well, I mean, we have all these destroy target artifact cards already. <laughs> yeah, let's just destroy our own Icar Wellspring with this at the same time. Combo, Ancient Grudge, your uh, Icar Wellspring. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Yeah, so I, I think the historic anthology is definitely going to mix things up. It will. It should. Uh, it should make the format uh, do some more things, and I like that. I like when new cards come out because that's more net decks for me to play. That's true. That is very true. And uh, real quick here, before we uh, go, there was another spoiler I want to talk about. This one comes out of Modern Horizons. Hmm. Okay. You don't want to save all the Modern Horizon stuff for next week? Maybe we can. I just want to talk about this one because I don't know if you've seen it yet. <sighs> okay. Have you, looked look at, now. have you looked at the Darth Heretic Discord? Nope, but I can easily click it. Uh, oh my, I don't even know how to... <laughs> Correct, yeah, exactly. Look at the mana cost of it in the corner there. 
The the name of the card is so long, it takes up the mana cost spot. It literally, so, there are 29 letters in the name of this card. So where's the mana cost? As It doesn't have one. As long as oh. you've discarded a card this turn, you may play, you may pay a black or red to cast the spell. Oh, that's way cool. When, well, however the hell you want to pronounce this card enters the battlefield, you may search your library for a card named the Underworld Cookbook. Reveal it and put it into your hand, then shuffle. <laughs> That's hilarious. I, I don't know what the Underworld Cookbook does at this point, but you sacrifice two foods and target creature deals six damage to itself. So that's from the flavor text, if I remember right. From, like, I don't even know, Mirage, the Dark, something weird like that. It talks about the, their cookbook. Yeah? Yeah. That's funny. I like that. She was a uh, short female wizard and a great cook from Dominaria, according to the lore. Okay. The Underworld cookbook. No cards found. Nope, they have not revealed yet what that is. Okay. That is a weird, weird card. Uh, Yeah, I figured Warlord Wolf posted that up while we were uh, talking, so I figured we should bring that up because it's weird. But yeah, next week we can talk about more Modern Horizons if you'd like. That sounds like a yeah. great idea. You want to do like a top 10 next week, maybe? Yeah, is that what you want to do for next week? Yeah, that sounds good. I like that. And then we'll also, we'll still do a couple decks, of course. Yeah, we'll put we'll throw a historic and a standard deck together each and then talk, put a top 10 of Modern Horizons together. Oh, I love it. That sounds awesome. That's, that does sound awesome. So yeah, tune in next week for that. Yeah, I, I think we're almost done, right? Yeah. All right. Um, so you can find the Filthy Neck Deckers podcast on all different social media. We got Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Um, pretty much anywhere we are. Um, you can find me uh, at MTG underscore Tony or Nate at Darth Heretic. On We're both on Twitter. Um, you can find Darth Heretic at Darth Heretic MTG on Twitch. Um, feel free to share your deck with deck lists with us and make our jobs a little bit easier uh, i think that's it we're yeah, done thanks everyone goodbye bye